for me, it's I've never looked at things um, in terms of like marketing or sales funnels or traffic or anything like that. But it's just about like using these different platforms to help connect the dots. Um, and through writing about it yourself, you're able to connect dots for yourself. Hey, friend, it's David Abinsky here in New York City. This episode is with Anne Stark Dittmeyer. This episode came together in a really magical and serendipitous way. Kat Velos was a prior podcast guest, and Kat had posted about our podcast episode, and Anne responded, portfolio career describes her life. And one thing led to another, and I'm so lucky and honored to have this conversation with Anne, who's in Paris, which we'll talk about. Um, being an insider and outsider, how blogging has been her best business card, launching online workshops and remixing prior work and experiences, um, and how a business coach helped her, just to name a few. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can also subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and projects and other career opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Anne. Um, Anne, welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, one place I want to start is garden gnomes. Um, and I'm sure it's a question you get asked a bunch, but uh, would love to know just how you think about a garden gnome, how it inspires you, how is it potentially a, you know, a, a compass for you? Um, this is the best opening question I've ever had, so thank you for that. Um, garden gnomes date back to, for me, when I first studied abroad in Paris, it was 2001, and the movie Amelie came out. And in that movie, there's a storyline where there's a gnome that travels the world mysteriously, and these photos get sent to her father to encourage him to travel. So it's kind of like this symbol to encourage people to get out and see the world. Um, but for me, it's also this reminder to have fun and not take things too seriously. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of silly. I have multiple gnomes around, <laughs> some that fit in my pocket, um, one that's like behind me right now. Um, but yeah, it's just this, this reminder to do things differently. And several years ago, I got asked to do a storytelling workshop for Louis, Louis Vuitton, and they were interested in my travel blog, which I'm not luxury at all, but I was able to bring my garden gnome to that workshop. And when they called me back two years later to do it again, they said, hey, would you mind if you brought your, your gnome again? Could you do that again? Like that was a lot of fun. So for me, the gnome is also this barometer of success where it's like if luxury brand Louis Vuitton is asking me to bring my garden gnome to do a workshop for them, like I have done something right because that is like me bringing my full self <laughs> to the workshop. I love that, congrats. And and people can check out your website and your Instagram for, for, for visuals of uh, Garden Gnome. Um, but what was interesting there, I heard a lot of different things around exploration and travel uh, and kind of explore curiosity and stuff. And it seems like uh, that's been a theme of your work for the last, uh, since moving to Paris. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that journey of kind of how creativity and, and, and constraints have kind of been uh, a through line for your work as well. Yeah, it's it's omnipresent. So let me try to be succinct. Um, but a lot was that semester studying abroad in Paris. Um, when I came to Paris, like all my classes were in my professor's homes. 
we went out into the world for our classrooms. So I'd meet at one professor's home. Um, we'd have tea and cookies in her living room, look at slides, and we'd go to visit gardens or um, museums for the Impressionism course. I had went to a professional photographer's studio. So, and then we'd go do photo shoots. So I very much learned that the city is my classroom. And it's something that I take into all my work. Um, growing up, I grew up in Virginia, Minnesota, Kansas, and Idaho. And so I traveled a lot with my family. Both my parents were well-traveled. So that was in my blood and it was just something that you did naturally. So it's something we all are born with and do when we're young and children, but I feel like it's something we kind of grow out with, grow out of the older we get. So it's something I've actively tried to inject within me. And it's being somebody who's self-employed and freelance and have more of a flexible schedule. Like when I first started out, I thought I needed to be in front of my computer all the time. And that always stressed me out. It gave me like health <laughs> issues. And I realized that my best ideas were coming from being out in the world and walking and wandering and exploring and letting my brain go. Um, so um, it's something that comes quite naturally to me, but I also have to make the effort to do. Um, and it's something that I realize a lot of people want more of in their life. And so how can I help encourage that and bring that to them as well? And you've been pretty passionate about a portfolio career for a couple of years. Um, and I think you kind of consider yourself an accidental entrepreneur. Um, and, and so be curious as to kind of lessons learned on kind of the portfolio career lifestyle for just a couple of years and what have been some of the good, po good parts and what have been some of the hard parts. Yeah, so I came to Paris in 2009 for the third time. But um, after my, well, during grad school, one of the things I learned totally outside of the classroom was that I really enjoyed the flexible schedule of um, being in school and setting my own hours and, you know, being able to go meet up with a friend during the day or go to a museum, like, and not having to ask a boss for permission. So I really enjoyed that way of working and I'd already been freelancing all through grad school. Um, I had been working for a design blog based out of New York. And so I kind of had these different pieces going and even at my old job where I come from a design background and I had worked um, for theater and then um, architects, I knew that I did not like to be creative all the time. I found it like so much pressure and I just didn't want to be in front of a computer doing design work. So. I kind of wanted something different and I didn't know what that was. Um, and it turns out portfolio career <laughs> was kind of the answer for it. So I always thrived by doing different projects, learning from them, bringing that knowledge to everything else I was doing. So there were two people who are really influential um, in this journey of discovery for portfolio careers. Um, the first was Tiago Forte. And when I was kind of at a crossroads and I didn't really know that I could do this different path, um, he wrote a piece called The Full Stack Freelancer. So it was about not having to do just one thing and everything doesn't have to be related. And in talking to him um, more recently, I mean, he sees a portfolio career very much as a financial portfolio where the whole idea is you diversify where your money's coming from so it's not all one place. Um, and then the second person was Samantha Clark, who I know you've had on the show. She's a UK based happiness consultant. And she was the first person who gave me this term and talked about it in terms of, you know, having these multiple income streams that can add up 
to as much or more as a typical job. And that was so important because I realized after grad school, French like companies don't pay that much and it's not all about money, but I realized there was a richness um, and satisfaction I could get from working on different projects. And um, after grad school, like what I could earn doing my own thing was actually more than working for a company here um, and then being able to enjoy that freedom with it. Mm. And, and so I, I've noticed a little bit in some of my uh, journey, there's definitely some moments where there's kind of uncertainty and it's easy to get into that trap of, you know, what's going to be next and how am I going to, you know, was the last project, the last job, was the last opportunity, the best one I'm ever going to get? You know, it's easy to kind of be looking in the past and not as much as, as the forward part. Yeah. And I will say that in my portfolio career, I also say that I've been like a faux full-time jobber. So I have on a couple occasions had contract work that I always negotiate down to three or four days a week so I can make room for my other projects. Um, but I have had moments um, in my path where I've had this like very steady income. Um, I've pivoted a few times away from graphic design into design, doing more creative coaching and workshops these days. So each time I pivot, it's a little bit jarring and having to readjust. But you know, and being able to put myself out there in different ways. But there has been uncertainty, but like so much of what's come my way has been thanks to having my blog and online presence. And it's been this business card and it's not about having the most followers by any means, um, but it's people being able to find me and connect with my work. Um, but it also is me putting my work out there to be mm -hmm. found. Yeah, and, and so about blogging, uh, so you've been blogging for nine, 10 years and you mentioned I think it's, it's 14 or something. <laughs> yeah. It was like 2007. Okay. I can't even do the math now. Uh, but you said it's your best business card. Uh, so, so talk to us a little bit about how it's kind of manifested. Is it, do you put like a PS and say, by the way, I'm seeking clients or you know, how does it go from blog, sharing stories, ideas to then hey, we want to work with you or hey, let's hop on a call. Yeah, more recently, I've started to add the PS. Um, but honestly, I don't know that that's necessary because when people connect with you, they're like, "Ooh, I want more of this. I want to reach out. I want to work with them. So I'm not sure the best philosophy, but I also feel like because I started in 2007, I come with this kind of more old guard attitude and it's changed and blogging when I started was not what it is today. So just to contextualize, I've Pret a Voyager, which is my blog that explores the intersection of travel and design and Paris. And that's actually kind of how I help plant the seed for myself to get to where I am now. I have my business blog on antitmeyer.com and then I have my newsletter, which is kind of like the new version of a blog, I would say. Um, and so with each of those, like I'm, I'm not always the most um, consistent, but I'm constantly exploring different ideas. Um, and so I think so much is just putting your work out there so that you're talking about the things that you're passionate about or interested in and curious about, and then people can find you at the same time. So for me, it's, I've never looked at things um, in terms of like marketing or sales funnels or traffic or anything like that, but it's just about like using these different platforms to help 
connect the dots. Um, and through writing about it yourself, you're able to connect dots for yourself, but then, you know, people are able to find you. And I'll say that for me, the blog as a business card has also been very much um, a connective tissue. And um, I have amazing friends that I can point to like, oh, we met because of my blog. We met because of Twitter. We met because of Instagram. So all those different channels kind of recombine in unexpected ways. And I think some of the magic is that so much was not intentional. I mean, I'm definitely more intentional now and in saying like, hey, I have a new workshop coming up, come and sign up. Um, but a lot of it is just me really just sharing these ideas that I've been exploring or being able to answer frequently asked questions. So, you know, people will ask me something and I'll say, oh, there's a blog post for that. So it's also something that I can put forward and pay forward um, that saves me time, but it's very helpful for everybody else. And about workshops, um, how, you know, now that we're in this digital virtual world where, you know, there's more competition, but also more interest for online workshops, uh, maybe talk to us a little bit about how you've gotten comfortable with, like, I want to do this workshop in 2021, it's three months, and knowing that there's going to be interest, uh, like kind of that early process of like, I think I've got there's an opportunity for this project. Here's how it kind of fits into my portfolio. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that side of things. Um, first of all, it's never comfortable and we think it is and we look at everybody else and they make it look easy, but I think it's the addition of a lot of little things over time. So last December, I was attending a workshop where I decided like, I wanna do more workshops. And I had already been doing some for schools, but I had always been reached out to either not less because of my blog that time, but just from having made built this relationship with somebody at a past job and connected. So I knew that I had these workshops. I didn't have the confidence to do them myself. I had been invited to speak at Product Crunch Paris. So I spoke there and I had this thing. And of all organizations, I was um, talking to a group who does self-defense courses and they like to team up with people. And they said, hey, will you do a workshop and, you know, you can do whatever you want, but we just want to do a little demo of a self-defense move. It's called Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And they, you know, in exchange, you know, we build each other's audiences. So I was supposed to do that in April, which didn't happen because something called COVID-19. But instead of canceling it, I said, what if I were to take it online? So I did my first version of Write Your Own Rules online during lockdown. And I did not expect during any context to be thriving doing workshops during the middle of lockdown. But it's because I had planted all these seeds for myself previously. I did have a lot of online teaching experience through Skillshare and open classrooms and all these different projects. So, you know, it can be look kind of scatterbrained in terms of teaching um, or all the different portfolio career projects that I do, but they can really add up. And so a lot of it is being patient, trying, doing things and not being afraid to start before you're ready. So I think that was my big takeaway from workshops um, is not to be scared of doing that. Um, and it was through working um, with a business coach myself that I you know, was like, I feel this itch to do this three month workshop as a larger program, you know, but I needed somebody else to nudge me along. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm quite self-motivated, but sometimes you kind of need that outside force to, to help you see what you can't see or to really encourage you to push it that way. But 
you know, once I did launch it, I was like, oh my God, I have all these skills and this ammo that I've done from literally every project I've gained experience from. And that's where it's been a really nice to have a variety of different projects and experience under my belt to be able to take it to the next level. So it's not just launching something big. And I think I had tried to do that a year or so ago and it didn't go as well. So it's also taking these failures, learning from them, iterating and evolving it over time. So, so, so the business coach, so you were kind of thinking about ideas, talking about potential projects, and then you're like, you know, I might want to do this. And then the coach was said, you know, what would that look like? Or how could that, how could that work? Or how could that not work? It's like a year long program that I'm in with her. And so she's known my work, followed it. um, And it was like towards the end of the year. And I knew I was continuing with her. But I just had this like pull inside of me. I was like, I need to do something bigger. I need to see what this goes. So I think we like forget to listen to ourselves a lot um, and follow our own curiosities. And so I kind of went with her, went into this call and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. This is this. And I think one of my biggest pieces of advice for people is to like not to reinvent the wheel, not feel like they have to create something new. But I had done a smaller version of this as an experimental workshop during lockdown and um, had tried it out and people really liked it. And so to see what happens if I take it bigger. So to really return to what I know. And as I was writing it up and putting together the sales page, I was getting off track all the time, but it kept, you know, kind of going to this barometer of return to what I know, like even looking at the homepage of my website, I would just use a lot of these ideas, think about, you know, graphics I've already used in past workshops and we can recycle ideas and we're constantly evolving them. And that's the exciting thing. Hmm. But yeah, the, I know what you mean, like the creating the landing page or the copy for a website, like this, this is a little bit mundane, but it, you need to kind of do that step to then get to the launch phase of the workshop and then doing the work. Yeah. And being like self-employed, it means I do a lot of things myself. And so I wear many hats, but something that I've really learned this past year is asking for help and asking for feedback. And so, you know, we have to get outside of ourselves and then can kind of come back. So that was, it sounds super simple to say, but I think <laughs> we feel like we have to prove ourselves and do it all. But, you know, just being able to step aside and, you know, get like super quick feedback. I didn't need somebody to tell me it was perfect. I was okay if there were typos or something like that, you know, when I was first launching and everything can be updated. So, um, but, you know, a tight deadline is always helpful for me to turn turn work around. Mm-hmm. And the some of the client work that we were talking about before with Louis Vuitton and, and, and how we mentioned a little bit of the emails, but I feel, feel like finding special projects or unique projects is challenging. It's hard. Sometimes it's random and unexpected. Has there been anything that you've kind of learned on how to find some projects that are, you know, within your skill set or you know, to the person that's like, you know, I can't, I want to collaborate or I want to work with somebody. You found any ways to be able to go from like, yeah, I have a little bit of capacity in my portfolio to work on a project to then. I mean, I, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, so much just comes up naturally through conversation and connection. 
Um, so, so much comes out of that first initial email of just saying like reaching out to somebody and saying, oh, I like what you did, or have you seen this or share something? And you never know what exchange it can lead to. My bigger problem is saying no to work and um, not doing things. But I think just keeping up contacts and making sure that you're not only reaching out to people when you need something, you know, cheering them on or sharing something they've done on LinkedIn or on social media um, and kind of just building that rapport. I think people are so focused on having a perfectly curated life or social media feed that sometimes it becomes, it all starts to look the same. So I like to always share a little bit of like my behind the scenes process. Um, I'm constantly sharing post-it notes. Like you don't have to read them, but you just kind of get to insights into how my brain works and thinks. Um, and so that's led to really inter interesting projects. You know, I did a big um, UX research project for Moet Hennessy that came through free calls on my blog. So, and then that Instagram follower had followed my hallway renovation that I shared on stories. So it was like this really convoluted thing that was not me outwardly saying like, give me work, but it was kind of by, by sharing a little bit into my process, sharing, you know, pretty Paris and just kind of my philosophies and ways of working. It just became this natural thing where, you know, I've been blessed where people say like, oh, I think you're the per perfect person to come in and do this. Um, and so for me that to go back to blogging, like being able to find my voice and sharing those ideas that are really interesting um, to me has kind of been able to attract a lot of the, the kind of projects that I want. So with blogging and also personal insights and, and it's kind of the benefit of the portfolio career and maybe to some extent you have to be comfortable with kind of being yourself online and putting yourself out there in kind of unexpected and uh, unique ways. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be human and imperfect or, you know, ask questions or like, you know, say share resources. Um, I, you know, I always want to support other people in the process as well um, and help people discover different things. And that's so much of what my newsletter is just to like pass along what's inspiring me. I'm not trying to, you know, keep it all for myself, but to, to, you know, pay it forward, but also just like inspire forward is really <laughs> what it's more about. Mm -hmm. And so we mentioned some of the workshops or the workshop that uh, for 2021 is, uh, as you kind of th think about going forward, is do you see your portfolio mix continuing to be some online workshops? And, you know, as you're starting to plan ahead, like, how are you kind of thinking about? Yeah, like I was saying, like, so much has evolved, and I've pivoted. And now I know I'm in this workshop realm, and it feels really good. And it was about diving in. Um, cause sometimes I think we can jump into a project and think it's the perfect project and it's not at all. So, um, and I actually love facilitating workshops on zoom. It's just like my happy place. And I sit on my hallway floor in Paris with my gnome behind me. And, um, yeah, so looking at that, I have like my write your own rules, which is like two hours. I recently did it in French for a company called My Little Paris, and I did a one hour version. So like that was scary and evolving that um, and talking to companies about going in and doing it for them. And then my three 
month workshop mapping your path into 2021 has been this experiment and I'm sure it's going to evolve and be another iteration next year. For me, it's been really important to not fill my time and my brain, um, <laughs> which sounds backwards, but you know, it's about making sure that I'm valuing myself and the kind of work I do instead of just trying to do more, 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 um, but make sure the work that I'm doing feels rewarding um, and reaching an audience that's really captive and active. And I think people really want inspiration and to do different things. Like during lockdown, I was doing uh, Creative Mornings virtual field trip. I had people draw maps on bananas all around the world. And it was super crazy. And I'm like, I, you know, back to that gnome spirit. It's like, you know, do silly things, smile, lighten the mood a little bit and have fun with it. But I'm, I'm kind of digging into this workshop world and I'm trying to create some resources for myself to alleviate some of the stress because sometimes um, when you have a portfolio career, you have so many different things going on. So I'm trying to create like a kind of database system um, in Notion just to kind of think about processes that I've always just kind of done it as I've gone in the past. So for the next workshop, then it's easier because the prior steps. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, systems and organization are something I've resisted a lot of as a creative person. I can do the work. I like a good deadline, but when you have to self-motivate now, I'm trying to be like, okay, how can I put some processes in place so that I can really push the work further and reach more people and have more fun and create more workshops. So yeah, dreaming up new ones as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned a couple of different examples of kind of some luck, serendipity, people that really kind of helped you along the way. I have a concept around people being like one email away. Any examples of some unexpected emails or an outreach that really kind of had a big impact? Yeah, I think the biggest one um, actually wasn't an email, but it was Twitter and social media. So um, we lost my mom to cancer a few years ago. And after that, I got really curious about my grandfather who um, she had always talked about, and he was born in 1901. So, you know, I did not know him well. I don't have like warm, fuzzy memories, but I was very curious. And I knew that he had this big role in um, inertial guidance systems, which meant getting us to the moon and back. And so like, I was like, okay, it was just this thing that I knew, but I didn't really realize his impact. So um, I had shared that I went to his lab and went to the Smithsonian and saw an expo. And I'm a guy writing a book on the moon landing had found my tweet. And he's like, oh, your grandfather was a fascinating character, da, da, da. He was like the less crazy Elon Musk of his time, da, 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 da. I was like, what? And he was like, instead of getting lost in the paper trail, you should talk to a hundred people who knew your grandfather. And I said, okay. And so I'd kind of already been curious about my grandfather, but this like pushed me so far in and, you know, I've had amazing conversations and takes me from like talking to the head of entrepreneurship at MIT Sloan, who researched my grandfather in the 60s, to I met Margaret Hamilton, who did the the computer systems for Apollo. And so it was me putting something out into the world that I was curious about, never expecting somebody to find something and leading to this exchange and sent me down this rabbit hole. And in learning about my grandfather, learning about things I never would have known just like talking to him. But one of his past students um, said his attitude was it should be fun. And I love that he was in academia and science and engineering. And that was his attitude. So taking it back to the gnome, 
that's kind of like, it should be fun. Um, and so kind of get to embody that spirit of my grandfather and hopefully kind of help write them back into history uh, moving forward. So learning different things all the time because of that and just keeping back to the whole idea of exploring. And it's been fascinating because so much of the language he uses about navigation and guidance is so much of how I talk, but very different realms. So it's been this really kind of serendipitous adventure of discovering myself and my work um, and parallels through a very different world. Wow, what an amazing story. What's, what was, what's his name? Charles Stark Draper. So I started using on my website, Stark, uh, it's just andittmeyer.com, but my middle name is Stark. And so it's kind of that homage to him, if anybody <laughs> knows him. But, you know, he really was arguably like the Elon, less crazy Elon Musk of his time, but he is not a household name. But I think there's something really interesting in that, that you can have this huge influence that kind of changes the world, but people don't always know. And so it kind of looks, you know, something I'm looking at is, you know, why we celebrate certain people, but not others. And, you know, sometimes I get, think we get so caught up in the celebration of like one person that we forget about all the people who make it possible. Um, and so that was definitely something my grandfather was, you know, more involved in. And so I learned a lot about leadership and yeah, collaboration, all sorts of different things um, and trying to piece together this story, which is writing itself as it goes, I guess. <laughs> what a beautiful story. Yeah, it's been really fun. Connecting all those dots and stuff. And I lost my dad after right after college. And so in some ways, and one of the stuff, the stuff that I used to love with my dad was having like serious conversations on road trips and stuff. So, and then I don't have those conversations or, you know, so that kind of digital legacy and stuff is, it's hard for certain generations to remember certain moments and stuff, but it's amazing that you've been able to piece piece more and more together. Yeah. And having conversations with the older generations, they love talking and a lot of their own children don't ask these questions. So, um, you know, it's all storytelling and you, you know, they, they're like, I don't have anything to say. And then you just get them talking. And for me, I think people forget that the mundane moments can be so beautiful and rich. Um, people think they want you on something grand. I was like, no, I just want the little, the little nuggets of mundanity. <laughs> All right, and um, is there anything else that you think that we missed about a portfolio career? I, remember, I also want to make mention, I loved how you talked about earlier of like, even when you're pivoting sometimes and taking on new roles, you can still approach that client and say, you may want me for full time, but I can only give you three days or four days a week. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, advocate for yourself because other people won't. Um, and I think people are so ingrained in how things are done in the system that they don't think of any other way to approach it. So um, uh, especially if somebody's like, oh, we don't have the budget, negotiate downtime. But I also know that I cannot work, you know, five days a week, eight hour days. Like I need to go for my walks. I need to have time to doodle. I need to have time for my brain to think. So by me, like, negotiating down to fewer days it might be for the same pay it might not be but like it gives me so much more mental space to be able to do the work I want so so much of what I encourage people to do is to rethink how things have always been done pay attention to what works for you and your working style there's no one white right way of doing things you do not have to work an eight-hour day you do not have to work in a certain way you can take time off you can go to the museum 
you can create your own path. You know, don't don't get sucked into things just because somebody says it's it's urgent or they have to do it. Um, you know, when you're collaborating, especially with companies or organizations, things move at a different speed. And also you can be that fresh perspective from the outside. Um, so that's, I think it's kind of my role as being the American in Paris, but it's also being that insider outsider role of companies where I can kind of have this like zoomed out global view, get to like learn different things about how, how things work. And again, I've worked in a ton of different capacities, um, but I do think that there's a certain richness to being able to have this lens. And I think everybody has their own lens that they bring from their own experience. So um, really embrace what you bring and those creative combinations of what you do um, because it's different for everybody and don't try to be somebody else. Um, just really own your strengths and bring it. Beautiful. I love it. And uh, please let listeners know how they can uh, follow up and learn more about your work. Um, Anditmeyer.com is my hub these days. Prêt Voyager is my travel blog and um, it is my social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Every Sunday, I send out my newsletter, which is aptly called Connect the Dots. <laughs> People can connect to the connect the dots by connecting to the dots and all the other ways that you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, I just keep connecting. We're going, <laughs> you know, my, my grandfather got us to the moon. So, you know, there's a whole universe and solar system to connect as well. So, you know, one step at a time, take those small steps. You don't have to do it all. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Anne. Really appreciate it. Thank you, David. Great chatting. Hey friend, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Wanted to also let you know about my monthly newsletter called One Email Away, where I fundamentally believe that we are all one email away from new opportunities. And if there's a way that I could potentially help you to connect with other people, I would love to do that. So one email away, um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. You can also see the one email away section, but just want to take this moment to say thank you for, for listening to this episode. Really excited for us to build and grow our portfolio careers together. 